Welcome to this special Christmas edition of the Southcrest Live podcast. As we enter into this season of Advent, when we celebrate Christ's first coming, let us be mindful that the story of our redemption is not simply about Christ's birth, but also about his life, death, resurrection, and return. If this is your first time to listen, be sure to connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening, and enjoy today's Christmas message from our senior pastor, Dr. David Wilson. It's interesting how this time of year we put up Christmas lights. Why? Why do we put up lights? You ever thought about it? I'm sure there are a lot of different reasons. For one thing, it's pretty. But it's interesting how one of the things that we associate with this time of year are Christmas lights. And we put them up and it lights up our neighborhoods. It, it always seems so much darker after the first of the year when everyone turns them off and, and uh, we take them down. But I want us to talk about the real Christmas light. And maybe that's why we put them up, symbolic of the real Christmas light. In Luke chapter 2, verse 32, if you'll stand while I read God's word, Simeon, this is after the birth of Jesus, Simeon is actually prophesying about Jesus. And in verse 32, it says, well, let me find it here. Here we go. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Now, folks, I want to tell you, that's you and me. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And then in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, actually, I'll just begin in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we pray today that the light will come on for those who are still in darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's talk about the real Christmas light. Simple points today, not very many of them but some profound and deep truth. First of all, we'll talk about the revelation of the Christmas light, what God has revealed. In Luke 2.32, he said, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. In Matthew's account, in Matthew chapter 2, he interprets, excuse me, Matthew chapter 4, he interprets Isaiah 9, 6. He said, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Can you imagine being in total darkness? Very seldom are you in total darkness. 
There is enough light around us, even at nighttime, city lights, street lights, um, other artificial sources of light that most of the time you can walk outside and, and you can still see to read if you can still got good eyes. You can still see to read a little bit. I mean, it's not that dark. You can't even see the stars much in city because of all the city lights. And so if you, when you get outside the city and you go out into the uh, areas away from town, you can st- it's still bright. The moon right now is, is full. And, and it's still bright. You can see to walk uh, without street lights. Then we see all the beautiful stars and, the, and all of the constellations. It, we've experienced some blackness, but we very seldom are in total darkness. I can remember one of the times as a child going down to one of the caves. I think it was Carlsbad. And, and that was the time when they led you down in there. They don't do that much anymore. I think you just, you're on your own. But I remember at a time when we got down in there, the guide said, I want you to be real still. I don't want anybody to move. We're going to turn the lights out. And they turned the lights out. And that is blackness of darkness. You can't see anything. You can't see your hand. You can't, you can, you can imagine your hand in front of your face, but you can't see anything I want you to now picture that that is how people are living spiritually. Our world is getting darker and darker and darker. We live in darkness. A lot of people are in darkness. There was an elderly lady stood on the street corner, a busy street corner. She was hesitant to cross because there was no traffic signal. While she was standing there, a gentleman came up beside her and said, may I cross over with you? Well, she was relieved. So she took his arm and they started to cross and the path that they took was anything but safe. And they zigzagged around, they dodged traffic and and it was awful. And when she got to the other side, she said, you almost got us killed. You walk like you're blind. He said, I am blind. That's why I wanted to cross with you. A lot of people are walking around spiritually blind. They're looking for light. They're looking for truth. I once heard about a confrontation between a a boy and, and his mother. I read about it. I didn't hear it. The mother asked her son, said, young man, there were two cookies in the pantry this morning. May I ask how it happened that now there's only one? He didn't flinch. He said, it must have been so dark I didn't see the other one. (laughs) Living in sin in the scripture is living without Jesus, living in the lost world is, is many times explained or portrayed as living in darkness. Now, I'm going to get a little technical here for just a short time, so stay with me. Technically, you cannot get away from light. It's all around us. Scientists tell us that even at the mouth of a black hole in deep space, gamma radiation is emitted producing waves of light which can be measured with instruments but we can't see with our eyes. And speaking of measurement, it's interesting to note a simple physics definition of light. Light is electromagnetic radiation with a wavelength that is visible to the eye. In a technical or scientific setting, electromagnetic radiation of any wavelength is light. 
So you got three basic dimensions of light. Intensity, which is brightness. The frequency or the wavelength, which gives the color of it. And then the polarization or angle of vibration, which you and I can't see under normal circumstances. So for our purposes today, this is not a physics class, and I'm not smart enough to teach it anyway. Light is energy. It's measurable. It's active. There are observable characteristics about it. But did you know there is no definition really for darkness? You cannot measure darkness. It has no wavelengths. Darkness is simply the absence of light. It's nothingness. It has no wavelength. It has no speed. There are no equations to describe darkness. It's simply the absence of light. We would call it utter nothingness, utter blackness. It's nothing. You can't move darkness. You can't pump darkness into a room. Do you understand? In fact, it's interesting that hell is described in Jude 1, 13, as the blackness of darkness. And Revelation speaks of being cast into outer darkness. Why? Because God is light, and the absence of God is darkness. There's nothing there. In John 1, after speaking of Jesus Christ as the living word of God, John calls him the light of life. I just read that in chapter 1. He's called the light of life. And we see an unmistakable parallel to the Genesis account of creation because in Genesis 1-3 it says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. There's a definite difference between light and darkness. They don't mix, do they? You can't have light and darkness at the same time. Zacharias, John the Baptist's dad, in Luke 1, 79, also prophesied about Jesus. He said, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus came to a world of darkness. We, we see our world getting darker and darker and darker. And I'm not talking about the actual light bulbs. I'm talking about spiritually dark. About the time you think man is as bad as he can get, we get darker, don't we? Because people don't have the light of life living in them. One little boy heard his Sunday school teacher say Jesus was the light of the world. He took her remark quite literally and after class came up to her and said, if Jesus really is the light of the world, I wish he'd come hang out in my neighborhood. It's awfully dark where I live. Luke 2.32, I just read Simeon calls him a light of revelation for the Gentiles. And I made emphasis for a reason because all of the songs up to this time that we see in the scripture in the in the gospel you've got mary's song the song of the angels you've got zacharias you've got all of these people speaking about jesus only simeon speaks of gentiles mary was definitely jewish jewish slant to hers i'm not criticizing her now angels sort of opened it up a little bit when they said peace on earth goodwill toward men 
But Simeon explicitly says this baby will not only be the glory of his own people, but he is going to be a light of revelation for the Gentiles. He's not just for Israel. Israel couldn't say, well, he belongs to us and you can't have him. And they could not say, you have to become a Jew in order to follow him. No, Simeon sort of exploded that by saying he's a light of revelation to the Gentiles. What does that mean? It means he's the Savior for everyone. For everyone. Rich, poor, young, old. Jew, Gentile, American, European, Asian, healthy, handicapped, all people are included. He didn't come for a small group. He came for the whole world. We sing and teach our children red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. It's for everyone. That means there's hope for you. If you're lonely this time of year, a lot of people are. Simeon included you. If you are, if your family's rejected you, Simeon has included you. If you feel depressed or discouraged or down on your luck, you need to be of good cheer because Simeon included you. Whatever sins are holding you back this year, Christmas means that you can be forgiven because Jesus came for you. He's the light in a dark world. Even though Jesus was a Jew, he didn't come just for the Jews. He met a Samaritan woman at the well and forgave her. He met a Roman centurion and said, I've not found such great faith in all Israel. He met a Syrophoenician woman and healed her daughter. When he hung on the cross, it was a Roman centurion who said, surely this was the son of God. So I want you to understand something. That in this world of darkness that keeps getting darker and darker and darker spiritually, you can rejoice that you have seen the light. You've experienced the light. John 1, 7, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. This was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. True light. That, that phrase, we, you know, we, isn't it amazing how mankind keeps inventing light, spiritually speaking? Man thinks he has the light. Man thinks he knows the way. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. A little boy forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation. He froze up. And and if you've ever been in one, you know that happens. Even as adults, we freeze up sometimes. He got up there in the front row. And his mom was sitting on the front row. And he was doing the, the Sunday school play. And He forgot his lines, and it came time for him to say his lines, and he couldn't remember his lines. And his mom was there trying to prompt him. You know, she was speaking out, I am the light of the world. (laughs) Finally, in an audible whisper, she whispered the cue, I am the light of the world. And the child beamed with great feeling in a loud, clear voice said, my mother is the light of the world. No, Jesus is the light of the world. 
Isn't it amazing how we, we, we've got so many fake things. Some of you are old enough, some of you are not old enough, but some of you are old enough to remember those aluminum Christmas trees. Y'all remember these? How many of y'all remember these? Yeah. Some people had a rotating base. So that tree would rotate. You have these balls, these Christmas balls hanging on them. And then you had this wheel over here in the corner. It had yellow and green and orange and red. And it would rotate. And so this aluminum would, it would reflect the light. Y'all remember that? What were we thinking? <laughs> but in all seriousness, here is... Here's one of those columns. This was a long time ago. It was out of the newspaper. But listen to what somebody wrote in. Dear sir, where can I buy aluminum Christmas tree needles to spread on the carpet under my aluminum Christmas tree? I want it to look natural as if they've fallen off the tree in the old-fashioned way. Of course, it was signed sentimental. Now listen, the answer is better than the question. Dear Sentimental, they aren't available right now, but a satisfactory substitute is to buy a few bows of natural evergreen, allow the needles to dry and fall off, then spray paint them with aluminum paint. They look like the real thing. Now, honestly, some of these uh, trees today that are... Uh, artificial look real. Not, not that aluminum one, don't misunderstand me there. Here's, isn't it amazing how Satan counterfeits the light? Now, I've done a demonstration before. It's been several years ago, but it, you know, when we try to turn the lights off in the room and, and I'll take a, a lighter and and light up that flame, and all of a sudden, everybody's eyes are drawn to that light, and it looks pretty bright in a, in a dark room. And they say, well, then I've got a flashlight that's even better than that. And, you know, you've, some of you got some pretty powerful flashlights or spotlights, and then we would turn the spotlight on, and it would be even better. But here's the amazing thing, that no matter how bright a light that you have, a, a, a flashlight, a spotlight, whatever it might be, when you go outside in the sun... It doesn't even look like it's on, does it? Well, the point is this. In a world of darkness, even a little manufactured light looks, looks good. Satan knows how to do that. And so you've got all this counterfeit light, but when you stand next to the light of the world, Jesus, then you begin to see this isn't true. It's all manufactured and one of his favorite tricks is to present substitutes. That's why John wrote, he was the true light. By coming into the world brings light to every man. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4, 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Verse 6 says, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
God knew we would never find him on our own. We never would. So he sent Jesus. Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus to show us the love of God. Jesus to show us the plan of redemption. Jesus to show us that we can come to God through him. Man cannot see into the future. He cannot see God, who he is, what he's like. He cannot see the real meaning, significance, and purpose in life. He cannot grasp perfect knowledge or assurance of eternal life. Jesus gives us all of that. You hold the light for people who are in darkness. I can remember as a kid, my dad would take us hunting sometime. And we would get in the woods before dark. And he had the flashlight. And he would lead us through the woods. And he, if there was a tree limb that was about to slap us in the face, he would say, watch out for this tree limb. It's about to slap you in the face. Uh, he held the light for us. You know Jesus. You have the light of the world. You're a light in this world of darkness. You're holding the light for others to see Jesus. We sing that little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. One of those verses says, hide it under a bushel. No. <laughs> Speaking of that, reminds me of a circus owner who was walking uh, down the street one day in a tourist district. He saw a crowd of people around the table watching a show. And when he got over there, the circus owner was so impressed because on the table was a pot turned upside down and there was a duck tap dancing on top of it. And the circus owner was impressed. He wanted to buy the duck from this owner. And after haggling, the owner sold it to him for $10,000. A couple of days later, the circus owner returns to the owner and he says, your duck is a ripoff. He said, I put him on a pot in front of a big audience and he didn't dance a single step. And the owner said, well, did you remember to light the candle that's under the pot? Some of y'all will get that about lunch. <laughs> the problem is we don't hide our candle. We don't hide our light. We don't, we're the light of the world. We're the light in the world. Jesus said, you're like a, the light in a world of darkness. Well, we see that that's light's been revealed to us, but then I don't have to even mention to you that people will reject it. The rejection of the Christmas light. John 1, 4 said, In him was life, and the light was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The word shines is in the present tense, which means it keeps on shining. And the word comprehend was an aorist verb, which means it had happened at a point in time. When people came, he, he keeps on shining, but they don't comprehend it. They don't apprehend it. They don't grasp it. The Gnostics were fond of using the words light and darkness. And the picture here is that darkness chasing the light. The darkness of evil keeps on chasing the light, but not once has it overtaken it. Not once has it put it out. But then it also means that people have not wanted the light. Because you know, I'm going to tell you, have you noticed when people don't want to follow the Lord, they hate the light? 
Jesus is represented by the light. I, you've seen a lot of children do Christmas plays. And in this one particular play, there was a time where they put, they had a light bulb in the manger and there was going to be a time in the play when they would turn off all the lights and only the light in the manger would shine up. So it would look like radiance coming out of the manger. Everything was going fine until it came to that part and the guy flipped off all the lights and it was dark. It was a little awkward for a moment. There's supposed to have been one light on in the manger and all of a sudden you heard a shepherd say, Hey, you switched off Jesus. <laughs> but that's so true today. Hey, John three nineteen says, and this is the condemnation. Did you hear that word condemnation? This is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light and that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Did you notice that those who've rejected the light, Jesus are already condemned. Those without Jesus are already condemned. That's why we use the term, I was saved. I was brought out of condemnation. I was given life. I was given light. I was saved. But those without Jesus... They stumble around in the dark. No wonder people are as vile as they are because they don't have light in them. They don't have Jesus in them. Making decisions in the dark leads to a, a life that you can regret. You, you ever made any decisions in the dark? Back in the days before electricity? Some of y'all remember that. Back in the days before electricity, there was a tight-fisted old farmer. Was taking his, he was taking his hired hand to task for carrying a lighted lantern when he went to call on his girlfriend. He said, what are you taking a lantern for to see your girlfriend? And the old farmer said, well, when I, was, when I went courting my girl, I never carried one of them things. I always went in the dark. And the hired hand said, yeah, and look what you got. <laughs> when a man, a woman, or a boy, or a girl are in spiritual darkness, they are stumbling around in life. They have no purpose in life. They have no direction. They get to the end of their life and they wonder, why am I here? I occasionally will come across a a classmate that I had in my graduating high school class on Facebook or some kind of social media and they're still not happy. They didn't follow Jesus. The, 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 it's interesting. The decisions they made as teenagers are still the decisions they're making today. It, it's, it, formed and shaped their life. They were in darkness and, and they're still in darkness and they wonder why they're, they can't find any true meaning 
and purpose and fulfillment in life. Well, we've seen the, that it's been revealed and rejected, but I also want us to look at the reception of this Christmas light. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again and he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but listen to this, but have the light of life. Now the word life there is the word zoe, meaning the essence of bios or spiritual life. Darkness is the word skotos. It's used to describe not only the state of man, but the works of man without God. It always darkness and spiritual darkness are synonymous. It refers to the world of the natural man who does not know Jesus Christ. But he says the light is life. Now John uses two uses the Greek word zoe to describe the life that is light, and it typically speaks of a God life, the life that God gives us. And it speaks of, of something that only God can do. Now, the word for light is the word phos, P-H-O-S, and it, it speaks of luminosity, a glowing and uncovering. But he, he says both of these words here have the definite article, and he said he's the truth. He's the, the uncovering of the truth. He is the life. And it's written in such a way that it can go both ways. The light is life. The life is light. He's both of them. He's the only one. And when you have the definite article, it means he's the light. There is no other light of the world. There is no other life, spiritually speaking, period. No religion, no man-made stuff. He's the light, the life. And so when we see Jesus Christ at his incarnation, Christmas, He's the very word of God. He's the very light of life. His life brings light, and the life brings life. In the same way the light energy breaks through darkness, the word of God penetrates us. Jesus penetrates us. Jesus lives in us and gives us light. And when the light of God shines forth, it doesn't just expose our sin, which we repent of and ask God to forgive us, forgives us of. He gives us life. The light comes on. (laughs) He gives your spirit life. Religion doesn't give you life. The church doesn't give you life. Only Jesus does. And he calls himself you know, God, when Moses asked what God's name was at the burning bush, what did he say? I am. Well, in that same frame of mind in John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Isaiah prophesied it from days of old. And Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Back in John 1, 4, in him was life 
And the life was the light of men, the definite article, which means he's the light. He's the life. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There was a a lady by the name of Rose Crawford who had been blind for 50 years. She said, I can't believe it as she gasped as the doctors lifted the bandages from her eyes after her recovery from a delicate surgery in an Ontario hospital. She wept for joy when for the first time in her life, a dazzling and beautiful world of form and color greeted her eyes that were unable to see prior to that. The amazing thing about the story is she'd been blind for 50 years, but 20 years of her blindness had been unnecessary. Because this surgical procedure had been developed and an operation could have restored her vision at the age of 30. The doctor said she just figured there was nothing that could be done about her condition and much of her life could have been different. But I want to tell you the plight of those who have not responded to the gospel. People are walking in darkness. They are living a life that is unfulfilled. They're living a life of doom and despair. And they are, they don't have to because Jesus has already come. Paul, when he was, his name was Saul. He was on the road to Damascus and Jesus appeared to him. Well, he recalls that in Acts chapter 26, verse 18. And here's what he said. Jesus said to him, to Paul, that he would send him to the Gentiles, quote, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Isn't it amazing when you're in a room of darkness, any kind of light, any kind of light that appears, your eyes are drawn to the light. Well, Jesus said in John 12, 32, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men, all peoples, all nations to myself. So my friends today, if You've been a Christian a long time. Some of you have been a a believer a long time. Can you imagine what your life would have been like had you not known Christ? How much darkness you would have stumbled through all these many years? Aren't you grateful for the light that God has given you through Jesus, the life that he's put in you, the purpose, the relationship that he's given you? Aren't you glad that you have seen and experienced and received the light? So am I. And so when you see these Christmas lights, you're going home and you're, you're driving around at night, you think, God, thank you that I am one that has received the light of life. But some of you today may be religious, you're good people, but you've never experienced life. There's a difference. 
Jesus didn't come to give religion. He came to give life. He didn't come to give a system. He came to give a relationship. Well, he came to give you life. And so if you're a guest, you don't have to be a Baptist. You don't have to join our church. You don't have to be religious to be saved. You've got to refine Jesus. Repentance means I change my mind about how I'm living. You have to change your mind. You have to decide I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm in darkness. I'm already condemned. And you turn from your sin. That's called repentance. And you believe not only here, but you trust your life to Jesus. You ask God to forgive you. You believe Jesus died for you. You believe he rose again. You believe he came for you. And you commit your life by faith to Jesus. Some of you can do that now. Would you pray with me? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information to make a commitment or to request prayer, please text the word podcast to 555-888. You can also connect with us on our Southcrest app or our website for complete worship services or to plan to visit us in person. Thanks again for listening.